Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, little killers. What? Christy's talking before the theme song. Something must be wrong. Well, you got that right. We ran into some technical difficulties, so I guess I'm a true podcaster now because I have to do one of these dumb apologies before the episode things. Our guest Liam ran into some real issues getting the audio all set on his side, so his audio is not the best quality, and because of that, we had to cut this episode down much shorter than I had hoped to. We'll be back next week, hopefully with excellent audio, unless I've been cursed somehow, which it's starting to feel like. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hello, Lil Killers, and welcome back to Spilling Eve. My name is Christy LaPointe. We're back, Season 3, Episode 4, with another podcast. Later on, I'm going to be joined by the wonderful Liam Garreau, friend of the pod, Season 1 guest. And before we chat with Liam and really get into this episode and get into all of your questions and thoughts in your emails, let's recap the episode, shall we? It was pretty significant. It didn't start out that way, but we open on Nico getting out of his truck and taking a Poland in a Poland. Oh my gosh, a selfie in Poland. My head's already there. So he's taking a selfie in Poland. And then instead of the location coming up in the big text on screen, it just says Nico. And that's basically it. That's basically the cold open. He's apparently in Poland uh, at a, a new job and he's having a drink at his local. And because of the internet and us seeing bits of this in the promo, I already clocked that Dasha was in the background at his local bar. And then Eve uh, wakes up on a couch and she has spent the night at Bitter Pill, and we see her trying to get ready for the day in a classic, like, trying to wash her armpits with the office sink kind of thing. And Nico texts her that if she wants to talk, he's listening, and she's very excited about this. So her and Kenny's co-worker, I want to say his name is Bear, but maybe it's not. Someone please tell me what that co-worker's name is. They basically pick up on investigating, and there's some funny back and forth there where obviously Eve smells bad, and she's eating his cereal and basically just super getting on his nerves. But they're still looking into Kenny's death and trying to piece all of the pieces together. They're looking at the kill Villanelle did that was an homage to Dasha's kill and somehow Eve like knows and remembers that 70s kill I guess it's part of her obsession with female serial killers but anyway she gets a delivery to the office from a bakery and she's so excited 
And then she takes the package up to the roof and it's a cake in the shape of a bus that says happy birthday Eve. And she has a very visceral reaction to it and she throws it off of of the rooftop and the bitter pill boss asks her if it really is her birthday and it is. And he tells her basically, look, you can't crash at the office, but then he brings her back to his place to stay, which seems so kind. And Eve and him have takeout together and they sort of have a one-upping competition on who's done the shittier things in their lives. And she says, she has a really poignant line where she says, you don't know what it's like when you've decided to destroy your whole life. And he calls her out on that and is like, you don't know what I've done in my life and talks about some really, you know, devastating things that he brought upon himself And then she gets that selfie texted from Nico, and she's so happy about it, sleeping on this man's bunk bed. And then we go back to Bitter Pill, and the the colleague, Bear, question mark, finds Dasha's 70s kill, and they're discussing it, and Eve gets a text from Nico and literally just runs off to Poland. And it's so immediate and she harkens back to part of the conversation she had with the bitter pill boss being like, you know, you have to make choices in your life. And she's choosing Nico. She's choosing to just drop this Villanelle investigation that seems to be picking up speed and just go find Nico. And then the next on-screen text we get says... Constantine. And then in, in smaller text, it says Moscow. So this is a huge departure, and I'll get into it with Liam, but in format, and it really threw me at first. Uh, and then we see Papa K driving. He's watching Arena being dropped off at school by some like rich douchey guy. And he goes in and tells her to skip school with him. And they talk shit about the mom's new boyfriend. And then she reams him out and is basically uh, angry with him and says, I want you to have a plan. And then he goes to visit uh, the widow of the accountant who was killed and is trying to get information out of her and she says uh, she has an email with the identity of the account thief and she's supposed to send it to someone if anything happens to Charles but she's so upset and Constantine is like I'll take care of it send it to me let me deal with it which hello very suspicious this widow is just like the most trusting slash naive human I've ever heard of in my life. But she agrees. Maybe it's the grief. that I'll give her a benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's the grief. She agrees. And then Papa K goes to Barcelona and we see him ignoring a call from his daughter, Arena, and sneaking up on Villanelle. And then we cut again and it's Villanelle baking and jamming out in her beautiful new home with some headphones on and then the big text reads Villanelle and at this point I was like what's going on why is it the characters now why you can't just change the format of a show two and a half seasons into a show uh but she makes this terrible cake and Dasha shows up and tells her the cake looks like shit and then is like oh wait 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 it it still might taste good tastes it and tells her to throw it away and Villanelle's a little pouty But then we are back to Constantine sneaking up on Villanelle, which we saw earlier from his perspective. And they go on some sort of sky train gondola. Someone who's been to Barcelona, tell me what this is. It seems lovely. Uh, And Villanelle admits that she's in a good mood because it's Eve's birthday. And Constantine drops the bomb that he found her family. 
And he basically says, I'll give you this information, but I want you to do a favor for me. And then we cut to Villanelle uh, dressed as a gardener, kind of. The costume is very interesting. And she's at the widow's summer house, Charles's widow's summer house. And they have a few playful moments, her and this widow. But basically, Villanelle gets hiccups. And the widow says she can scare them out of her. So she screams at her and shouts at her. And it really catches Villanelle off guard. And then they have this playful sort of running around, shouting at each other, screaming each other, chasing each other into the greenhouse until Villanelle finally kills the woman with a garden hose. And it's a pretty classic Villanelle kill. Very intense, very personal. And then we move on. On screen text, Carolyn. We see Carolyn... Uh, in the morning this like dark dark morning and it segues into a breakfast meeting with her boss guy Paul and he is basically there saying he's extending an olive branch but also trying to suss out what kind of information Carolyn has about Kenny's death and he says I'll do whatever I need to do I'm sorry I was in the wrong and she asks for her office back and it's so funny because he's like you don't even know where your office is and she says that doesn't mean I don't need it back so he wants to know what she knows and she is Carolyn so of course she doesn't really give away much but then she gets home and Geraldine basically has a breakdown immediately and says she's worried about her mom and we see Carolyn go up to her room and just put a pillow over her face and it's really heavy and sad and then our on-text screen changes to Dasha and Dasha is just swimming these laps she ends her lap swims with a smoke while still in the pool which I mean kudos and then this fancy ass mystery lady shows up and asks why Villanelle is still chasing Eve and Dasha says she can get her under control and yada yada and the woman is not taking no for an answer she basically says look you have to this is your job you have to handle Villanelle and Dasha offers to kill Eve herself but the lady says no don't do that that would cause more problems and complications just drive a wedge between them and so then we see Dasha in Poland and she has replaced the chicken woman that Nico was delivering bread to earlier. And we see in a, a gross reveal, she's murdered the woman and fed her to her pigs. And then we see her at the local and she's stolen Nico's phone. And she was actually the one who was texting Eve the photo, etc. She was the reason that Eve decided to go to Poland. It wasn't really from Nico. And then we cut to Eve and Eve is arriving in Poland and Dasha basically kills Nico right in front of Eve, but sets it up to look like it was Villanelle. And the, obviously this is a very good way to drive a wedge between them. She stabs Nico through the back of the neck with a pitchfork and it is brutal and poor Eve I mean she's been through so so much already but this is this kind of feels like the last straw and Dasha had left a little sign around the pitchfork in a villanelli text that said still got it which was the title of the episode as well and then the text on screen says uh First, we cut to Villanelle. She's getting off a train. And at first, I wondered if she was in Poland. But the text on screen reads home. And we see, I think, Russia, a Russian sign or something. 
And then that's it. That's the whole episode. And on the preview of next week's episode, we see that Villanelle is in her supposed home village with maybe her birth family or something like that. So, I mean, the the episode itself did not feel as exciting as last week. Of course, it's not an even Villanelle kiss bus confrontation episode, but Nico died. And I think a lot of us have been wondering when that was going to happen and how that was going to happen. So this is pretty significant, and especially for Eve's trajectory and for the dynamic between Eve and Villanelle. I mean, this is going to affect a lot. So without further ado, let's get Liam on the line. Let's pray to the technical gods that this worked. So top line, top kill, top ship. We're also going to throw in a top outfit because people have really been loving that. Um, so let's start with top kill. Did you have a, a top kill for this episode? Maybe the Nico kill seems like an obvious choice. I got to say. Part of why I really love the show is I think the way in which the murders sort of uh, get played out are actually very inventive. And that garden hose murder. I, I also had chosen the garden hose kill. Uh, and for <laughs> Yay! Oh my God, twins. But for me, I loved that they had this embrace early, her and the widow, and Villanelle had these garden shears in her hand. She easily could have just stabbed her. But she didn't. And instead, we have this quick little cat and mouse back and forth and then a very intimate strangling, which is much more personal and grosser and like way more Villanelle than just a quick stab. Okay, let's move on to a top line. So this episode was great, but I didn't find it quite as clever as some of them are. That being said, there were some lines I really enjoyed. And my favorite line came right off the top of the Villanelle section when Villanelle is talking to Dasha and they're having the banter about the cake. And Dasha asks what she did in London. And she's like, oh, nothing, not much. I went on a Jack the Ripper walking tour. And Dasha's like, bullshit, no, you didn't, and you're lying. And she says, I'm not. I gained valuable insight into Victorian gender politics. I love that line. I also, the line I chose was just, I left a man to die so I could save a psychopath. Oh, that is good. I think she's owning, finally, that the terrible things that are happening are a direct result of her behavior. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, let's do Top Ship. So this episode had... Uh, a lot of characters in it. We also got Irina, Constantine's daughter, showed back up very briefly. I think she is in more episodes this season, which I'm excited about. Uh, we had, you know, a lot of strange pairings. Geraldine, Carolyn's daughter, had a, a little breakdown. It's so sad, which in this show translates to quite funny very often, to see this woman this grown woman so desperate for a connection with her mother just on a basic level and her mother fully unwilling to give her at all any attention any semblance of care or sympathy or empathy so with all that said my favorite I think my top ship from this episode was actually Villanelle and Constantine they weren't together 
a lot. But that scene that they have where I guess the couple scenes in Barcelona where he tells her he's found her family allegedly and asks her for this favor and she says she's happy because it's Eve's birthday. It just it was such a tender moment and it was so nice to have a scene between these two that just felt transactional but genuine and uh, mostly positive. Well and talk about you know her character this season, I think, really trying to, like, you know, um, patch together a family and sort of reconcile that part of her life. Like, what a father figure in her life, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm part. my favorite ship of this episode also involves Villanelle. But for me, I think Oksana's relationship with her, as I've called her in my phone, Russian gymnastics lady. What's her name? <laughs> Dasha. Dasha. I think that whole relationship is delicious. Yeah, I'm very curious to see where it goes and if it will outlive this season. Well, can we also talk about things that are different this season? I would say far less flair with fashion this year. I totally agree. We have had a few good outfits. Again, last episode, Villanelle was bringing it with basically every outfit she had and that oversized gray suit people went fucking crazy for (laughs) but I also feel like we've seen a little bit less of Villanelle in general and she tends to be the fashionista right so with less of her on screen it's less amazing Villanelle outfits that being said my favorite outfit it was simple it was definitely influenced by me being at home 24 7 and just wanting something comfy comfortable but when Villanelle is making her cake and she's just wearing that like light silk pink bathrobe house coat Mm. I was so I was like lusting over that coat just thinking oh I bet it's so comfortable and it looks nice and breezy but it's still pretty and sexy oh I loved it I mean really anytime Carolyn steps on screen I'm like it's one of those things where I'm like oh well if I'm if I were a woman I would wear that in a heartbeat Fantastic. All right, let us move on to Eve Mail. Eve Mail. Eve Mail. So, we got a lot of Eve Mail this week, which is great. I love it. You can always send us your Eve Mail to spillingeve at gmail.com. You can try DMing us on Twitter or Instagram at spillingeve, but I'm much more likely to get it if it just goes straight to the email. We have, yeah, a lot going on. So, let's start with our Eve Mail we got from Kendall in Tampa, Florida. Kendall says, you mentioned in the Facebook group about the character names and locations, and I feel like they've been trying a couple random new things this season. The first one, at least that I noticed, was the opening credits that they've only done for one episode so far. Then this week's episode with the characters' names, which with this episode kind of made sense since everyone's storylines had a bit more overlap over a short time, but the character names being big, like the locations usually are, and then they made location names a little smaller, which again, new, except for home, which was the only location with a large font right at the end. I guess I'm just curious your thoughts or if you've noticed any other new things this season. Again, love your podcast from Kendall. Uh, I I was so happy to get this message because watching this last night, I felt like I was losing my mind. At first, when the first name came up and it was Nico, I thought, huh, that's interesting. I wonder if they're going to kill Nico this episode because why else are they giving him this giant font? This is so weird. And then as the episode progressed and the other names came up and we started to see that the episode was being stitched together 
completely differently than a traditional Killing Eve episode with, you know, one short narrative that we are seeing different perspectives on again and again. I thought, this is really interesting and I kind of like it, but it seems so bold to do such a different structure and then have this big text element that's a normal part of the show also be altered to fit that structure. Do you think, and this is a really big swing, but do you think all these different small stylistic choices are completely being done deliberately in the interest of throwing us off so that we, as an audience, don't ever feel like we have a firm grasp on the show? I don't know. And it's I, it's hard, I think, to know definitively because of the leadership changing so often. So it's hard to know. I mean, we are three, four episodes in, four episodes in, uh, to this season. So that's only four episodes with the showrunner so far. Right. I mean, I'm a big fan of films that show the same event happening through different perspectives. I referenced earlier Go, Pulp Fiction. Like, I like that format. I think it's, if it's done well, it's really clever. It's really uh, gratifying as an audience to see something and be like, oh, that's what was happening. Or, oh, this is the context I needed for that thing at the beginning. And I just kind of got the feeling that the writer's room or the writer of this episode or the showrunner was like, let's do one like that and then reverse engineered what they wanted to happen in it. Okay, let's move on to our next email, which is a voicemail. Hi, Christy. Uh, my name is Ellie and I've been listening to Spilling Eve since the beginning, but uh, not too long after season two aired, I got a concussion and I'm still in recovery, unfortunately. It's been a long and challenging recovery and I still can't watch TV or watch any videos on screen. But I've recently discovered that I can still get some enjoyment out of recap podcasts. And so I'm happy to report that as someone who greatly was wishing for and anticipating a kiss between Eve and Villanelle that I was able to get uh, some enjoyment and satisfaction out of yours and your guests' enthusiasm and description of that bus scene. So thank you for that. Um, I also actually have a recommendation uh, that I've kind of rediscovered also through Recap Podcasts, which is none other than Xena, Warrior Princess, um... The episode I would recommend in particular for Killing Eve fans is called The Bittersweet, S-U-I-T-E. And it begins with um, Xena and Gabrielle grappling with a really big betrayal uh, that Xena initially deals with by enacting really intense violence against Gabrielle. Um, But they ultimately reconcile through a bananas musical. It's awesome. Uh, thanks again for all your work. Ellie, holy moly. I Wishing you a, as speedy a recovery as can be happening now. Uh, we are so sorry to hear about that. I'm honestly so uh, touched that you are still listening to this podcast. And if anything, it's giving me real vindication for still including a lengthy recap, which I know some people don't love. Never in a million years would I have imagined someone would listen to this recap who wouldn't have been able to actually watch the episode. So it definitely, when I got this message, it was very touching. And it also reminded me, make sure your recap makes sense and it's good. As far as the the Xena recommendation, I I am going to watch that episode. I don't know if I'll have time this week, 
but I cannot wait. It's now, Ellie, you could not have sold that better. Christy, I'm jealous that you get to watch it for the first time. And also, and this is apropos of nothing, Ellie, you actually have one of my favorite names. I have always loved the name Ellie. Oh, so good. Thank you so much for that wonderful message. We hope you get better soon and you can watch all the screens you want. Thanks, Ellie. We love you. Our next message is from Megan. So Megan says, hi, Christy and friend. Last night's ep was a doozy, so I'll save you the doting and jump right into it. I'm very concerned for the rift Nico's death will put between our two leading ladies. I can't help but get the sinking feeling that the culmination of the kiss in season three was just the writer's way of gifting us with a Villanelle and Eve scene before things drastically deteriorate between them. I found a quote from a recent interview with Sandra Oh to be telling of the direction she, and therefore their dynamic, might be moving. She says... Eventually, what will happen near the end of this third season, and hopefully going into the fourth, is how Eve wants to free herself from them, or really do some sort of final battle. But that's also what I want to ultimately build with this character, a woman who wakes up to herself and by her own action frees herself. And then Megan says, by her own action, freeze herself? Does that mean that she could take the drastic step of killing Villanelle? Either way, the end of this episode left me feeling super depressed about the inevitable shift in their, quote, relationship. My question for you two, is there any chance that their chemistry slash connection can continue despite this horrific plot twist? And if so, what would this look like? Uh, So I was so excited to get this message from Megan because a lot of people online have been talking about Villanelle potentially dying before this series is over. I don't know where it started, uh, but for the last couple, I would say even months, I have been seeing so much online sort of hinting that this might happen, like Villanelle might leave the show. Everything is possible in the show i think conflict is at the heart of all good drama and as a writer and liam you are also a writer you you have to find compelling conflict for your central characters or else there's no story and i know that sometimes it's hard as a viewer because we want characters we love to be happy and to be safe But nothing is more boring than just watching a bunch of safe, happy people on TV, unless it's the great British Bake Off. That's the one exception. Okay, so now we have the two questions that are connected, and they both are about hiccups, which I was thrilled to get. So the first one is from Elise, and Elise says... Hello, Christy. Love the podcast. Last week was my first time listening because I could not handle the bus scene on my own. I feel you, girl. At first, I tried another podcast and they criticized Villanelle's gray pantsuit. I immediately searched for a different one because I would not stand for that injustice. Oh, my God. I was relieved when I found that Spilling Eve is a pro pantsuit podcast. Just side note, I may put that on our promotional materials. Uh... We are pro pantsuit. Let me just declare it here from the world. Spilling Eve pro pantsuit. No two ways about it. Look, is it oversized? Is it gray? Is it hanging off of Jodie Comer's body? Even better. When you're that small, nothing's not going to hang on you. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, Elise says, we have to support our girl's fashion, even if she is a killer, right? (laughs) I I thought episode four was a lot of fun until, you know, Nico got skewered. What intrigued me was Villanelle's hiccups in response to finding out about her family. Mm. It seems that when she arrives home, her hiccups are gone. 
What could this tell us about her psyche? Do you think we're getting a glimpse of her humanity within one of our favorite psychopathic fashionistas? Thanks for holding us over. Until the next episode, Elise. So I thought, hey, Elise, thank you for the message. It made me laugh a lot. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought that was very interesting. And then we got a very interesting DM on Instagram uh, from Al Semeoa, whose handle is Maria Al Semeoa underscore 13. And she said, hey, Christy, love your show. Really fills my need to gush about this show. I'm probably reading too much into this, but it's killing Eve. So then again, maybe not. Hiccups in some cultures are believed to happen when someone is thinking or talking about you. Villanelle had hiccups almost the entire episode. Obviously, Eve is still thinking about her. And then at the very end, right after Nico was killed, we see Villanelle touch her throat and her hiccups stop. Oh, I love that. I was so excited to get that message. I thought that the hiccups when I was watching it seemed symbolic. They seemed too big to not not have a purpose, especially in a show like Killing Eve. But so much else was happening and so many characters that I kind of just let it go mentally until I got these two messages. And I thought, oh, and what a beautiful way to like show their connection in a very show not telly way. Like that's not something that's ever going to come up again. And I don't think Philanelle's going to talk to Eve about her hiccups, but it's showing us that these two characters are intrinsically linked in this sort of metaphysical, vaguely spiritual way. I love that theory so so much the next episode i don't know if you saw the promo for the next episode but the next episode is apparently going to be in villanelle's home village and show us all of these alleged family members the preview was bonkers so i'm really curious to see how much of that pans out to be true and if villanelle's being played in some way and that liam brings us to our last two little mini segments the first one is a new one this season and that is in the midst of us all staying home except for our amazing frontline workers who truly i cannot thank enough and just have all of my respect but for those of us dummies who are stuck at home with or without work most of us have more time for viewing and listening and reading. So I've been doing a recommendation station at the end of every episode with something that our listeners can do to fill their time with until the next episode of Killing Eve. I have two for this week. The first one is a new Netflix miniseries, newish, that came out called Unorthodox. It's a scripted series about a young orthodox Hasidic Jewish woman who basically runs away and breaks out of her very, very intensely restrictive conservative community in New York. And she flees and goes abroad. And I don't want to say too much about it uh, to give anything away, but it's based on the true memoirs of a woman who did leave a Hasidic Jewish community. And it is... I found it incredibly powerful. The young actress who plays the lead is so, so talented. And the story is very specific, but there are a lot of universal themes. And I think for anyone who has left behind a culture or some part of a culture or a small town or 
beliefs your family disagrees with, like anything that you've had to sort of break out of to become your own person, I think you will be able to relate a lot to this beautiful series. It's only like four episodes long. It's sad if you're already feeling pretty down. Maybe don't watch it. Uh, but it's it's very beautiful as well. And then if you're looking for something a little brighter and lighter, uh, I have to recommend one of my favorite sitcoms of all times, Happy Endings. If you haven't watched Happy Endings, it is so good. If you think Friends is a good sitcom, if you think How I Met Your Mother is a good sitcom, like those are great classic sitcoms that at the time were very popular. In retrospect, maybe a little problematic. Happy Endings is like those shows, but it was made like for and through a much more millennial lens. It's faster. It's quicker. There's more jokes per second. It has lots of quick cutaways. The characters are great. It's slightly more diverse. It is such a good show. And with that, we will wrap up our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on the social medias. You can join our Facebook group. Send in your emails. Thank you so much for sticking with us for this weird socially distant season. And remember, do not kill anyone this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar